1: This is the Thoughts From a Page podcast, which is a member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each episode I interview authors about their latest works and others in the book world about their jobs, what those jobs entail, and the books that they love. For more book recommendations, check out my earlier episodes and my website, thoughtsfromapage.com, and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Thoughts From a Page. So many fun things are happening in my Patreon community. Each month, I run three bonus series. For the first, I highlight the titles I am most looking forward to in the following month. So for February, I focus on fabulous upcoming March titles. For the second, I chat with a bookseller at an indie bookstore somewhere in the United States. We talk about the store, what they focus on, and what people come in looking for in addition to what they recommend. And for the third, I speak with two bookstagrammers about their accounts. Following that, we have some kind of theme discussion about books. Maybe the episode will be centered around food, debut thrillers, or under-the-radar gems. I have also added two pre-publication reads and author chats. Patron participants will read electronically, Home or Away, by Kathleen West, and The Cartographers by Pang Shepard, and have chats with those authors prior to each book's publication. This is a really fun opportunity that you cannot find anywhere else. The link to join is in my show notes, and I hope you will consider it. Today I am conversing with Lizzie D'Amalola Blackburn about Yinka, Where Is Your Husband? Born and raised in London, Lizzie is a British-Nigerian writer who won the Literary Consultancy Pen Factor Writing Competition in 2019 with an early draft of her debut novel. She has been on the receiving end of the question in the title of her novel many times and now lives with her husband in Milton Keys, England. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Lizzie. How are you today? I'm doing really well. I'm very, very happy, very excited. How are you? I am doing well as well, and I'm very excited because I loved your book, so I can't wait to talk about it. Thank you. Absolutely. Before we get started, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Yinka, Where Is Your Husband, for those that won't have read it yet?
0: So Yinka, Where Is Your Husband, is a rom-com, and it follows the protagonist, Yinka, who is a British-Nigerian woman who lives in South London, Peckham. And Yinka's love life is a hot mess. (laughs) Her traditional Nigerian mom is pressuring her to settle down as well as her many, many aunties. And then to make matters worse, her cousin goes and gets herself engaged. And so Yinka decides to take her love life into her own hands. And she sets up this plan to find a date and time for her cousin's wedding. However, what starts as a very like simple goal kind of turns into something way more drastic and Yinka feels as though she has to change herself in order to find love. So in addition to this being a love story, it's also a story of self-discovery, which she goes on with the help of her amazing friends.
1: Well, I loved Yinka and I really felt for her with all the pressure she had coming from many different directions and <laughs> some of the things that happened to her, you would just kind of cringe along with her. Yeah. (laughs) I put her through a rough time, didn't I? (laughs) Yes, you did. But that's okay. It all worked out in the end. Got her to where she needed to be. (laughs) But how did you decide to write this book? Like, where did you come up with the subject matter and how did the book come into being?
0: Yeah. So, like, I started writing Yinka when I was in my early to mid-twenties. And my dear mother, she was um, asking me where my boyfriend was, you know, when am I going to settle down? And so I decided to use my experience as inspiration to write about a British Nigerian woman going through the same thing. But um, funny enough, it started off as a short story, which I had on a blog that I ran called Christian Data Dilemmas, because I was looking for stories in mainstream fiction with Christian protagonists, but I couldn't find any. So that's why I decided to do something about it. But the decision to make it into a novel came much later on when I met this fantastic author called Jackie Lay. And I shared my blog with her. And in addition to giving me like really helpful writing feedback, she said, do you know what? I really like this Ginka character and I think you should turn it into a novel. And so I took on a challenge <laughs> blindly.
1: You're like, that sounds like fun. Having no idea how much work that was, right? <laughs> exactly. That was exactly it. <laughs> that's how I feel about this podcast. I was like, I'll do a podcast having absolutely no idea what mm-hmm. was involved, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Again, it gets you to a good place.
0: Yeah, you learn as you go.
1: (laughs) You do. And you mentioned the Christianity. That was one of the things that I really liked about your book was that she's a wonderful character and you treat the Christianity as just a normal everyday thing versus causing some problem or being on the extreme end of something. So I really liked that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Was that something that you planned to focus on? I mean, It sounds like yes, since you said that was one of the reasons you wrote the story. But how was that for you?
0: Yeah, so um, initially I wasn't too sure whether I should go down the Christian fiction route. And I did actually kind of look into that. But then I realized that with Christian fiction, they have like certain guidelines and there's some things that you can't include, like, you know, swear words and things like that. And I just felt like actually, you know, this concept of a woman being pressured to find love is a very universal thing. And I think it's something that everyone will relate to. So hence why I went down the mainstream fiction route And I just wanted to show like how Christianity is something that is not outdated (laughs) as it's being portrayed in the media and how it's more so about the relationship that you have with God and with Vinka, like she has a very beautiful, intimate friendship with God and she, she confides in him as well. And I just kind of wanted to show that, but not in a kind of in your face way in the novel.
1: Just wrap it into your story like her other characteristics.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I liked that.
1: The other thing I really liked was your format where you incorporated texts and internet searches, calendar entries. How did you decide to do that?
0: Yeah, so I just really wanted um, Yinka Your Husband to feel very immersive. And, you know, with like social media and tech being everywhere, I just kind of felt like there's no way I can write a contemporary novel and not include that. And I was really inspired by the TV show Insecure. And I like how when the characters receive a text, or like a notification from Instagram, the viewers get to see it in real time at the same time as them. So that's why I decided to do something similar with like the WhatsApp messages and the text and um, the post-it notes, for example. And there's this quote that I really like, which is, um, if you really want to know someone, you should check their internet history, the internet browse history. And I just felt like it will be cool to include some of the things that is searching on the internet so that the readers could get an insight into her psyche (laughs) and just to kind of find out how, yeah, her desperation and how far she would go in terms of like trying to find a man. Her internet searches were some
1: of the funniest parts of the book. I mean, (laughs) I would just laugh out loud occasionally when you included that. So I really
0: enjoyed that you did wrap that in. Thank you. Well, what do you hope readers take away from the book? The main message from Yinka where your husband is all about um, self-love. Like self-love is the most important love of all. And, you know, you can't really truly love someone properly if you don't love yourself. And also I just wanted, you know, women or men as well who are feeling pressured to settle down, to not feel like their relationship status defines them. You know, there's so much more than who they have beside them. And for all my dark skinned women out there, all my black sisters out there, I just want them to feel, to feel beautiful. And I want this book to be like to affirm them as well and to know their, their self-worth.
1: And to see themselves in fiction. Exactly. Yeah, that too. You have a wonderful website. I was really enjoying wandering around on it this morning. And you talk a little bit about that. And then you also talk a lot about your writing process and you have some steps as you've gone along. I had so much fun going through that. Can we talk
0: a little bit about your publishing process? Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, it was a long journey. <laughs> like I said, like it took five years, but I think the shift really came when, I got an agent and I got a, my editors who have been absolutely brilliant. And I think one thing that um, I didn't realize is that, you know, once you get a book deal, you do more editing, like the editing doesn't stop. <laughs> and I'm so happy that my editors, Katie and Pam, really pushed me to make Yinka's story the best that it can be. And so it involved like rewriting chapters and moving things about and tightening things up. But I'm just so happy for it because in my eyes, like, I couldn't have done any more to make Yinka's story, you know, even better. So, um, yeah, it's been a a roller coaster journey, but so rewarding. Mm -hmm.
1: And you have a two book deal. Is that right? Yes, I do. Yeah. So are you working on the next one yet or are you just enjoying getting Yinka out into the world?
0: (laughs) I'm working on the next one. So um, which is still as hard as writing book one, if not a bit harder because of the added pressure. I can't say too much about, you know, what it's about, but um, I will give you a teaser and it is kind of connected to Yinka's world loosely. So watch this space. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, I hope some of these people will continue on in another
1: book. <laughs> well, and that leads me actually to my next question. You have so many fun, entertaining
0: characters. Did you have a favorite to write and did you have a least favorite to write? Oh, good, good question. Obviously I loved Yinka, hence why I made her the protagonist. Um, I just love her voice. I love like her inner thoughts as well, even though at times they're a bit cringy. But I also really love Donovan. Um, He speaks with this like South London twang. And I remember just like listening to a few podcasts with like black male leads. So for example, 90s Babies and the Rap Party podcast, just to kind of like tap into his voice. I didn't really, to be fair, I I loved all the characters. (laughs) There wasn't one character that I really struggled with. No, I actually enjoyed writing all of them. Well,
1: that's wonderful. Sometimes people's answer are the one that was the hardest to write. You know, it's not that they didn't like the character, but they just struggled to get that character onto the paper. Mm -hmm. But that's wonderful if you didn't have that at all.
0: No, I don't think so. Well, tell me how the title came about. Oh, good question. Um, So originally the title was um, Search for My Ausbands, but I spelled Ausbands A-U-Z-B-A-N-D. But then when I showed it to someone, they were like, what's that? So...
1: (laughs) They're like, I need a little help here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then I decided to change it to Yinka Oladeji is desperate for a husband. But then I thought actually the word desperate might be a bit off-putting to, for some readers. And then I had this like light bulb moment. I was like, wait a minute, Yinka, where's your husband? Because that's like the common question that, you know, most Nigerian women are asked. So yeah, when I got that, I was like, yeah, that's the, that's the title. And when... My agent saw it. She was like, oh, I love it. It's genius.
1: It is genius. It's a clever title and it immediately makes you want to pick it up and understand what the book is about.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Third time lucky.
1: Exactly. I love covers. I always want to hear all about the covers. And the other thing I discovered on your website was that you have a different US cover from your UK cover, but I love the US cover. It is so fun and entertaining and sort of really encapsulates the story. So tell me how that came about.
0: Yeah. So um, the US team have been fantastic because they allow me to be part of the process. So I think because of my Nigerian heritage, they just kind of wanted to kind of run things by me. And I saw like different iterations. And before we even reached that color, the backdrop, the blue backdrop, it was a different color. So we played around with it a bit until we were all happy with it. But I have to give a shout out to um, the designer, J.R. Misili, I think her last name is, um, she did a fantastic job with the cover, and it just kind of hints at the the laughter to come as well.
1: Definitely, and all of the people that are effectively in her head, because they're all kind <laughs> of, you know, saying all this stuff to her, and they literally are in her head on the cover, and I just thought that's so much fun. <laughs> and then what about the UK cover? Because they're pretty different.
0: Yeah, very different. Uh, with the UK process, like, apparently... They, they kind of like went through 100 iterations to get to that final cover. That's and I know during that time, like I hadn't seen anything. They were very much like, it's going well, Lizzie. We can reassure you, but we can't show you just now. So um, I didn't see it until like, I think they started work on it from last year, Feb. I didn't see it until maybe August, but it was so worth the wait because I absolutely loved it. Yeah, shout out to... Um, the designers, um, Julia and Richards, who did a fantastic job of it.
1: They did. That's one of the things that I always think is so neat is to see different countries' covers because they all will represent the book, but sometimes in drastically different ways.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I both like them equally as well.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that's the kind of fun part is even though they're very different, you can like them both very much. Yeah, well, what about creating the feeling of community that you did in the book? I really felt like you brought together this group of people, this very tight-knit community. Is that something that you really had to focus on? Or did that just come naturally as you were writing the book?
0: I think it came over time as I was doing like more editing. Because so I think a few characters got a bit lost. And I remember my year as editor saying, I want to see more of Nana. I want to see more of Rachel. So I had to kind of like go back to the drawing board. But um, I knew that I wanted, because I drew a lot of inspiration from the hit TV show, Insecure, and I just loved how friendship is like a key theme in the show. And I kind of wanted to evoke that as well. So anytime I did have like writer's block, I would watch like a, an episode of Insecure to kind of, you know, you know, gain some inspiration.
1: So I hate to admit this, but I have no idea what insecure is. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what we're talking about. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> so insecure um, is a, a hit TV show written by um, Issa Rae and she also stars in it. And it follows Issa, who's a black woman, and also her three best friends. And basically, it just shows like just black women living in LA, and it follows like their love lives, their family lives, their careers, and it's just such a iconic show. It's come to an end now. So season five was shown, I think it was last month. So it was a very sad time for insecure fans, but yeah, I absolutely love it. And it's just such a staple piece for the black community. What platform is it on? It'll be HBO in in the US. Okay.
1: Because that's the problem I feel like these days is that because there are 8 million streaming services, There are so many TV shows out there and people will mention them all the time. And I'm not a huge TV watcher anyway, but I'd be like, I've never heard of that. And we're always watching these things that came out like five years ago. And people are like, you're just now watching that. So I'm going to add that to my list because it sounds really entertaining and it's not one I was familiar with.
0: Yeah. I highly recommend it.
1: Okay, good. Well, that's fun. Always nice to have a new show to add. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the best thing
0: about being a writer? Oh, I think the best thing is that you can just lose yourself in your imagination and like these characters kind of come out of nowhere with all these voices and I find it very therapeutic as well, especially when I get into the zone and sometimes I even forget to to eat <laughs> because I'm just having so much fun writing. And even though it's very hard, don't get me wrong, like sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I can't write, I'm rubbish. But like when you see everything come together, it's just so rewarding.
1: And I bet just the first time you held your book in your hand, I mean, that's always the part, especially as a debut author, that I think, oh my gosh, that would just be so exciting. You actually hold it and you're like, I've done yeah, this.
0: my baby. Yeah. <laughs> I actually crazed my book
1: <laughs> when I got it. You rocked it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did your parents respond to the book?
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, my parents are so, so proud of me. So proud of me. So my mom, like she doesn't read fiction, like she only reads the Bible, so... Yinka was your husband was the first like book that she's read like, cover to cover, and um she was so impressed she was like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm so proud of you, I, I really respect you. I can't believe you formed all this out of your head and she loved it, she really felt for Yinka, and my dad as well, like he's super proud of me, like he always knew I was going to be a, an author because he used to buy my books when I was a kid. oh yeah, and my family as well just really really supported my husband, like my number one cheerleader. I'm just very grateful and blessed to have a very good support network.
1: I think that can make all the difference to have people around you building you up and encouraging you like you talked about earlier when you're having a day that feels like it's more of a struggle. Exactly,
0: yeah. (laughs) Do you have a set writing schedule? It's basically write every single day (laughs) and trying to, you know, read 2,000 words per day. Um, So I tend to write either in my bedroom or in the living room. But one thing that I do have to be, especially in the winter, is I have to be super warm. So I have my blanket, my hot water bottle, sometimes even like a scarf around my neck because <laughs> with me, I am I can get easily distracted. So I can't allow like being cold or feeling like a draft coming from the window to distract me <laughs> from writing. <laughs>
1: That's so funny because when I get really warm, a lot of times it makes me sleepy. So I'm afraid if I was all draped up like that, I would be like taking a big nap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It has happened a few times. (laughs) Well, I can see where that would be the case.
1: Now, as you write, do you edit as you go or do you write a chapter or the whole document and then go back and edit from the beginning? What does that process look like for you?
0: Yeah, so I try not to edit as I go because that just slows me down. And sometimes I try not even to reread the chapter only because I'm a perfectionist and I know that I'll just spend time just correcting things. And I feel like the first draft should just be like word vomit, just get the story out of you. And then editing can come later on. But I emphasize the word try because it doesn't always happen. Sometimes I end up editing and when I look at the time, I've spent like a good two hours on a paragraph. So. Yeah, it, it's a, a mixture.
1: <laughs> when you're starting to write and you write something that's new or takes you in a different direction, you might think, okay, I've got to go back and fix an earlier paragraph or an earlier chapter because it's changed now.
0: Yeah. Or sometimes I'll just make a mental note or write it in my notebook, like, okay, go and change this on page something. Or going forward, I will just kind of write the story in a way, think that I have changed it already. And then once I've come to the end, I'll just go back to it. But um, yeah, writing's so messy because like anytime you change something, it has a knock on effects on the later chapters, which is annoying.
1: And I'm one of those people, like I hate to see a notification sitting on my phone or oh. <laughs> I hate to know something's out there. So I would always feel compelled to immediately go back and fix whatever it was. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, I would love to hear what you've read recently that you really liked.
0: Oh, so I've read The Maid by Nita Prose, which is a debut as well. It just came out both right in the US and the UK recently. And it's about this maid who works in a hotel and she discovers this dead body in one of the rooms. And so she goes on this like quest to find out who the the murderer is. And it's really, really good. It kind of reminds me of Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine because the main character has that kind of quirky voice and she is also very clever as well. And it's such a fantastic read, so I highly recommend it. It's
1: been everywhere. Mm, Yeah, I feel like I've just seen a lot about it. That's a good one. Anything else?
0: Yeah. So um, I'm currently reading another debut, which is coming out in March, um, called Good Intentions by Kazim Ali. The book is about a 20-something Pakistani man who has been in a relationship with a Black woman for four years, but his parents don't know about it because he kind of feels like it's taboo to date. A black person in their culture. So it, it kind of follows like their relationship and the tensions and how it comes to um tell his parents. And it's, you know, well written, very beautiful, very emotive. And again, I, I highly recommend that too. And that's out in March.
1: Oh, that sounds really good. I'm going to have to add that one to my list. Well, Lizzie, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the Thoughts from a Page podcast today. I loved hearing more about Yinka.
0: Oh, thanks so much for having me. I've had so much fun talking to you.
1: Hi there. and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you liked this episode, and I hope you did, please follow me on Instagram at Thoughts From a Page. Consider joining my Patreon group to access bonus content. Tell all of your friends about the podcast and rate it or subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I would really appreciate it. The book discussed today can be purchased at the Conversations from a Page bookshop storefront, and the link is in the show notes. I hope you'll tune in next time.
0: You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of Seven Minute Stories.